If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 221. This is our 2022 Open Championship Tips Podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections for the 150th Open Championship from St Andrews. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. We're available on Twitter. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Uh, our show for the Open is already available on the channel. Please subscribe and like the shows. We're trying to get through 3,000 subscribers this week. So come to the channel and uh, make sure that you subscribe. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts as ever. For those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. This is the one that we've selected for the Open Championship. I must say we are out, and I mean out, of five-star reviews. So... Um, we just need some, so please spend 30 seconds of your time, give us a five-star review on Apple, and uh, you're more than likely to be read out next week for the 3M Open podcast. Right, this one is from Baz Hegarty. He's in Cork in Ireland. Five stars all the way is the title. I've been listening to the podcast for about 12 months, and I must say it's the it's the most in-depth and detailed golf podcast that I've had the pleasure of stumbling upon. I've uh, I've set my Spotify notifications on every time you come on and thoroughly enjoy every week. He's even had a few winners, so thank you, lads. Yeah, thanks, Baz. Much Brilliant. appreciated. Cheers, yeah, cheers, Baz. Thanks for your positive feedback. All very much appreciated. Right, it's the Open Championship. I don't give a damn about last week, so we won't talk about that in any way, shape or form. What I'm going to say is... Golf betting system website. There is so much content this week, and it's all free of charge. So, we have Paul's in-depth betting preview. I've pulled together um, a long shots piece. Any um, all selections above one hundred to one. We've also got a fantastic majors form sheet, which is well worth a look. We've got, of course, our Open Championship predictive optimizer. That's available completely free of charge as well. Throw in this podcast, throw in loads of form statistics, combined course and current form stats, and Paul will also be pulling together a first round leader piece for or for first round leader um, analysis for tomorrow as well. So it's all available at golfbettingsystem.co.uk. Come and visit us. Everything is completely free. Right, let's let's talk 2022 Open. First thing I want to highlight before we go into the expertise of the two gents on the pod, the, the, the bookmaker I'm seeing that just seemed to be dominating on price at the Open this week are Bet365. Now, as we record the podcast, they are offering market best prices on 10 to 1 is Rory McIlroy, 16 to 1 for Xander, 20 to 1 for the last major winner, Matt Fitzpatrick. 22 to 1 on Justin Thomas. And then further down, 30 to 1 on Wills Alatoris, who is just kind of trending towards a major. 60 to 1, which was particularly eye catching on Max Homer. I'm seeing Max Homer at other places as short as 33 to 1. Mm. And 100 to 1 on Seamus Power. Um, they've also gone eight places each way, a fifth the odds as their standard each way terms this week. So for those of you wanting the best golf odds at the Open, we recommend Bet365. If you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, 
You can find details of their current bet £10 and get £50 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in this podcast description. So support Golf Betting System. If you haven't got a new account, Bet365 really strong this week on odds at the Open. Right. Firm and fast. 7,300 yards, par 72. And from what I saw as of last night, although I haven't checked this morning because I got out of bed late, why not? Doesn't look like a lot of wind in the forecast, chaps. Am, am I right or wrong on that kind of summary as a starting point? I will point out as well, uh, episode 220 of the podcast, that is our research podcast. So we're talking there for an hour about the course, likely weather, trends, winners' trends, what we're looking for. Mm. Go and check that out. Yeah, I. if we're talking weather, yes, um, I think... Well, nothing's much changed really since we talked about it on the preview pod. And you know, in, in southern England, we're going to go through this um, extreme high temperature um, spell over the next few weeks. It's not going to get quite as far north as um, St Andrews, but it's going to be pretty settled from what I can see. Uh, dry and sunny spells, mid to low 70s Fahrenheit in the afternoons. Uh, 10 to 15 mile out, you might get 70, maybe 20 on Saturday. Um, I, I, you know, you look at the forecast and before we went into the um, Scottish Open last week, it was very similar. It looked on paper very similar. I mean, we all saw how tough that made uh, Renaissance play. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'll be. A, I think the wind will be a factor to a certain degree. I don't think you know you're not going to get this scenario where we're um, going back to what was it 2010 when Rory shot 80 in the second round in the wind. Um, after opening up with a, what do you open at sixty three or something like that, didn't he? Um, I'm not sure you're going to get that kind of scenario where you've got forty mile an hour winds blowing across the course, but I think um, on occasion you're going to notice the uh, the wind picking up and and radar telling us that this um, is absolutely blowing on the course at the um, at that particular point in time. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure it's that that's going to be the biggest narrative of the week from what I can see. Um, in terms of the setup of the course, and I'm, I'm sure you guys caught little bits and pieces of it yesterday with the uh, the champions event and, uh, and and some of the some of the commentary that's on Sky Sports. Um, the, the ground looks really firm. The ground, um, the fairways look really firm, which you'd expect. There's no rain in the forecast, so they're going to continue to brown up and uh, and get nice and fiery. I expect the greens themselves, and the greens are never the fastest, are they? At St Andrews. No. Um, yeah. And you know you wouldn't expect them to get um, overly quick, um, but then you know I, I don't think they're going to be particularly receptive either. You're going to, going to find them uh, find them releasing on the greens as well. So it should well, overall should be a nice test for the players. I think. What are your views, Barry? Um, I hope the wind will get up a little bit more than it's forecast to. It would make it for a little bit more interesting viewing. Um, I suppose the one thing I'm seeing is that predominantly on Saturday and Sunday, the wind is mostly pumping directly out of the south, which means that um, going out will be quite nice, um, mo- you know, downwind, but coming back will be a bit more of a test. It's not so much um, out of the southwest, which is the prevailing. Just that little angle change, you'll be more or less dead into the wind, which uh, yeah. which will be a real test. Even, even 15, 20 kilometer an hour wind dead into it will be a real test on firm conditions. So that um, that's the hope for the entertainment. I mean, r- right now it looks, it looks like there'll be some reasonably deep scoring going on. Mm-hmm. You could see some lads five, six under through seven, eight holes. Yeah, it's those first 12 holes, isn't it? Those first 12 holes, they're very, very scorable. And then when you turn for home, ten, if, if you've got that southwesterly prevailing, although you're, you know, if it is more of a southerly, yeah, it tends to get a little bit tougher, doesn't it? Yep, yep. But when so you, we- but as, as Paul said off mic, when you're seeing Tiger Woods drive it through 18... In that round yesterday, to the back over the back of the green on eighteen. Yeah, 
yeah, shows you how firm that golf course is playing. Yeah, mm. it was. It, it was. There was another bit with um, with Nick Doherty as well, uh, Nick Doherty rather, um, who um, was talking about some of the uh, some of the the length of the rough and how thick it was um, in places, and that did look um, quite penal in spots. So you know, it's, it's often one of these courses where you've got such wide wide fairways. You know, unless you're going into a gorse bush or. Um, some of the some of the knee high fescue, then you can often tend to get away with um, you know some of the wild drives. But uh, yeah, potentially there's going to be a little bit more of a um, a premium on that this week. And also, you have got the bunkers to avoid, haven't you? Was it 112 bunkers over the course of the uh, course of the track? Um, if you're finding yourself in one of those, then uh, it's you know it's a half a shot penalty effectively. You're going to have to play some kind of decent recovery shot to get yourself back into position or wedge it into the green and, and take your chances from there. So yeah, I, I, over you know, it's, it's not going to be a technical test. I don't you know it, it never never likely to be that. And no. they can they can tuck the pins away. They can make make it challenging from that perspective. Um, which in, on the easier days they're probably going to have to do to to make it a reasonable test, but. What have we seen here in the past? Um, Woods, what, 19 under when he won back in 2000, 14 under 2005. Oosthausen was 16 under and Zach, well, to, to make the playoff in 2015, 15 under for the three guys that made the playoff. So, yeah, if you if you were guessing as to where the winning score is, you're probably going to find it somewhere in that kind of region as well, I guess. Although I'd have said the same thing, I probably did say the same thing ahead of the Scottish Open last week, and um, in the end, that turned out to be quite a lot tougher than uh, tougher yeah. than we expected. Although we had to, it was kind of welcome to the DP World Tour for a lot of the um, guys who um, tend to observe just the PGA Tour over in the states, because um, there was this last-minute switch of one of the par fives on the front nine to a par four, um, which flummoxed everyone. And uh, is yeah, kind of as is the want of the DP World Tour to uh, to chop and change stuff at the eleventh uh, hour just to throw a spanner in the works, which kind of kept the um, kept the total down last week at least to a certain degree. But throw a little bit of wind at Renaissance and it did show some teeth. So probably a, a little bit of a better warm up um, than in previous years in terms of the uh, Scottish Open. Yeah, hey, I think that just shows you the the weather they've had up there. Mm. The fact that you can get Renaissance playing at a single digit. So, yeah, that would have been what? He, he won at nine under. So, say they switch that to a five. That's 13 under. Yeah? Yep. He'd have won that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, we've seen, what, minus 26 win around there before? Oh, Aaron but, Rye, was it? When when it's... Um, well, no, that yeah. was that, in, in a... In a, in a um, in the tough year that Rye won, it was eleven under, I think. But yes, um, there was one year where it was crazy under under. Yeah, Beesberger made like thirty birdies there when he won twenty nineteen, which um, yeah, it's it, it, not not playing anything like that. So yeah, a little bit a uh, little bit of a better test and a little bit of a better warm up, I think. Uh, should we go through some of the basics um, first? Because I know we touched on a lot of this in the preview pod, but I guess some people won't um, have listened to that. So. Um, I'll just go through a few of the very basics and then we can go through um, who, where we think we are in terms of our, or where we know we are in terms of our selections. Um, 155 in championship, as you said, full field, 156 players. Slightly different top 70 this week and ties make the weekend. So we kind of get used to this top 65. It's top 70 in the open, um, which changes the dynamic very slightly. Interesting market. It's been chopping and changing, hasn't it, over the last few days, particularly with the way that Xander's been playing. So Rory McIlroy right now ten to one favourite. Uh, Xander Schauffele sixteen to one. Xander over the course of the last uh, five or six days, his price has just disappeared, hasn't it? It's just gone down and down and down as as punters have latched onto his decent form. Uh, John Rahm eighteen to one. Jordan Spieth eighteen to one. Scotty Scheffler same price eighteen to one. Matt Fitzpatrick twenty to one, Justin Thomas twenty twos, Shane Lowry as long as twenty five to one in some places. Then you got the likes of Patrick Cantlay, Cam Smith twenty eights, thirty to one bar those players. Now you mentioned Bet three six five, Steve. They've got a really good blend this week, haven't they? Of uh, I think pr- so, yeah. prices and uh, each way terms. 
lots of additional places you can pick up. Paddy Power and Betfair have gone 12 each way as their standard, a fifth of the odds. Ball Sports 11 each way as standard. Betfred and Cole are 10. William Hill are 9. William Hill always interesting because they will match off the Bet365 price on the top 10 in the market. Um, but then they add an extra place. So they've got nine places each way. So do if, you, if you're going towards the top of the market, then take a look at William Hill. And there's also a number of bookies who are off in these differential terms as well. So you've got, um, I think with Bet365, they've called it their each way extra proposition. But there's similar kind of things with a number of bookies where you can get um, all manner of different um, price combinate or, or price and uh, each way terms combinations as well. Um, yeah, we've we've talked about the, the course in principle, haven't we? Seven thousand three hundred thirteen yard pass, seventy two, an old Tom Morris design, wide fairways, double greens, exposed undulating links. Essentially, it's a it's, it's a traditional links, isn't it? Gorse bushes, some pretty thick rough, as I just said, right fairways running fast. Um, plenty to to catch up on over the next day or two as well if you want to get a view of how the course is playing because they'll have lots and lots of coverage on uh, Sky Sports as well. Um, if you look back historically at the kind of winning prices we've got as well, recent past, 2010, I'll go back as far as 2010, Louis Oosthuizen won at 250 to 1, Darren Clark 200 to 1 in 2011, Ernie Els was 45s in 2012, uh, lefty was twenty to one in twenty to one in twenty thirteen when he went back to back Scottish Open and uh, Open Championship. Rory won at eighteens in twenty fourteen. Zach Johnson was one hundred and ten to one when he won here back in twenty fifteen. Last time he came to St Andrews for a um, an Open Championship. Henrik Stenson thirty threes. Jordan Spieth was sixteen to one in twenty seventeen. Francesco Molinari 33 to 1 in 18. Shane Lowry as high as 70 to 1 in 2019. No event in 2020, of course. And then Colin Murakawa last year, 40 to 1. If you could overlook his um he's finished the Scottish Open the week before, he kind of tailed off from the players that um, ended up making the cut and putted particularly badly just to throw everyone right off the scent. Um, but yeah, I won't go through all of the trends that we covered in the preview pod because um, there's a good hour worth of um, of chat on there. So if you do want to go through some of the deeper trends and analysis, then, then have a look on there. I'll just mention a few of the ones that I've picked out in my preview. And again, if you want to read about this in a little bit more depth, then um, just flick through to the site and you can uh, you can see where put some words to the to the the, the soundbite that I'll give you just now. The key ones for me. Uh, current form goes without saying really doesn't it but if you look back since 2010 each winner of the open championship had a top three in their last seven outings and in fact the last five open championships the winner had a top two in one of their last three outings in terms of a season form 15 of the last 21 winners so going back all the way to 2000 had a win in that season um, in terms of the Open Championship itself, nine of the last 11 winners had a top 10 to their name at the Open Championship prior to their victory. Now, the other point that we've picked out and we've talked about a number of times in these these pods and the preview pods is their uh, players' performance in recent majors. So Scheffler had finished eighth at the Open Championship last year before he won the Masters. Justin Thomas had finished eighth at the Masters before winning the US PGA. Matt Fitzpatrick had finished fifth at the US PGA before winning the US Open last month. So that's eighth, eighth, fifth for the last three winners of major championships in their preceding major. And that trend goes back, again, we've gone back quite a long way in the preview pod, so... Um, you, you can catch some of that, um, some of those anal- some of that analysis, but uh, yeah, it seems to be that uh, playing well in a recent major or the most recent major tends to uh, tends to bode well for players coming into uh, majors right now. Um, the other point to pick out: world ranking. If you go back all the way to two thousand again, nineteen of the twenty-one winners had ranked fifty-fifth or better in the world before their win. So Ben Curtis in 2003, Darren Clark 2011 were the only people who uh, kind of defied that stat. So um, so some pretty pretty solid numbers and some pretty solid trends to to get your teeth into if that's the way that you're inclined to do your pre-analysis for golf tournaments. Of course, could be be thrown completely out of the window and we could be... uh, 
could be looking at someone from left field, but um, but who knows? Don't know. For you guys, what what are the key stats out of those, or was there something else that you were looking for in particular that um, would determine who you backed this week? Can I just say, of course, I'm the host. I can say what I want. <laughs> I keep hearing that St Andrews is a bombers course. I keep hearing it over and over again. I kept hearing it in 2015. It's bombers course, and I fell mm. into the trap. Bombers course, bombers course. It's all about it's all about driving distance and guys with a short game who can putt. And Zach Johnson won. Yep. I think it's the exact opposite. And everyone was like, "Bloody Zach Johnson, 125 to one," and he came in with. He finished second place or third place the week before and a fifth before that. He was in red hot form. Zach Johnson won. And I'm just thinking to myself, we've got a golf course now that's rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling and it's Monday. There's no rain whatsoever in the forecast. I can guarantee you they are not getting any kind of local fire service to go there and hose the course. Mm. That's not going to happen. I genuinely think that any shape or form of golfer can be competitive this week from your short straight hitters that can still be getting the ball out there 350 yards with the roll on these fairways to even you know the bombers are still in play as you know but they're going to have to be clubbing down three woods five woods even irons off tees because it's going to be that kind of open it's an open we haven't seen for quite a period of time a really fast open mm. 2018 was the so last that, one, wasn't it? Carnegie's 2018 team. was. The only thing with 2018, I'm looking at the leaderboard right now. Molinari won, Kisner second, McElroy, Rose, Xander. Then we had um, Chapel, Pepperell, Woods tied for sixth. Finau, Kuchar, Spieth tied for ninth. Cantlay, Fleetwood. Uh, Ryan Moore, Tior Bjorn, Olsen and Webb Simpson, T12s. But that was one at eight under. Those guys in, at twelve under, at T two at twelve were three under par. We're not going to see that scoring. We're not mm. going to see technical scoring. I think it's going to be towards those at eight seventeen to nineteen under par kind of level. No, that's I agree so, with that. Um, but that does that does show you golfers that can play in firm golf course, a firm links golf course. Yep. And there's a Those number of, rel- of names. there's a number of relatively short hitters in that list you've just read well, through yeah. as well. Molinari and Kisner were yeah, first and Ty second, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think Eddie this- Pepperell. Wouldn't exactly call Eddie a bomber. No. No. Kujar, Spieth. Mm. Mm. I think there's going to be such a premium on accuracy off the tee this week, and not just hitting fairways, but hitting the right area of the fairways, because they have to tuck these pins away. And yep. if you're coming from the rough, you haven't a hope of getting close to them. So you're going to be putting from 50, 60 foot in those situations. So the more fairways you can hit, the more control you can have the spin of your ball to try feed it towards tucked pins. Um, so I, I, I genuinely think this could, like it's the, probably the most, it looks like it's setting up to be the most fair and open, open championship in a long time in terms of, Everybody can compete if you're hitting the ball really well and to the right places. But you need yep. to do that at a high percentage of the time to be up there this week. Mm. I don't know if you caught the um, the conversation with, um, with Rory McIlroy as they were playing the Champions um, event yesterday, but he was talking about how you can play relatively safe to the left-hand side of fairways here. Um, mm. And that makes the approach shots tougher in general or you can play to the right um which is more of a risk but then that opens up a lot of the greens and you can you tend to tend to be able to score better so given that there's going to be likely scenarios here where players are taking far less than driver off green uh, off the tee to find themselves in position it, it it's going to lend itself to players that have that creativity or the 
um, ability to think and plot their way around um, and and kind of manage the game. I guess if you ju- if if you're one dimensional, you're taking driver off every every tee. Um, yeah, you're going to be able to fly some of the some of the bunkers and some of the worse of the you know worse of the trouble. But is that really going to present you with the best scoring opportunities here? Because as we've all just said, I think you know you're going to need to get into that kind of mid teens number to be competitive by Sunday. Uh, Sunday afternoon, yeah. so yeah. you can't go out, you can't go round and just play a conservative game because you won't get anywhere near the lead. Mm. Um, even even though, the, sorry, jump too soon. <laughs> so e- even though the course has got to play a bit um, easier in terms of scoring than we'd all obviously like, it's the way it's been, the way the setup looks right now. St Andrews will play strategically like the way it should do. That yes. where at what point in the hole do you want to take on the risk? Do you want to take it on on the tee shot to give yourself an easier second shot, or do you want to delay the risk by taking an easier tee shot and having a harder second shot? Yeah, so the, gotta... it'll be strategically as probably as good as it can play, or we ho- at least I hope that's the way it is um, for St Andrews versus the modern equipment and modern golf ball. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Should be enthralling. I'm really looking forward to this week, I must say. Just to go back to your previous major appearance angle, which is fantastic and true, we can expand it. Lefty tied 21st before he won the PGA last year. Hideki was in the top 13 before he won the Masters. That would have been the previous... Uh, masters, I believe. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. It went masters, masters, didn't it? So let's let's go. Let's go top fourteen at the USO, yeah. So that takes us well deep into the twenties in terms of players. But these were these were the guys. So tied for fourteenth in this field: Cantley, Leishman, Migliozzi, Munoz. He's an interesting name. Guy that can go low. Munoz, crazy low. I didn't include him in my long shots. Probably should have done. Xander, Scott, Tringali. Well, you know me. I'm not including Tringali in anything. I mean, he was. It was. It was another Cornetto job last week when he uh, got to the lead. Mm. Um, tie for twelfth. John Rahm, Sheamus, Gary Woodland was tenth. Then we're up to seventh place. Keegan, top fives. Morikawa, McElroy, Hideki was fourth. Zalatoris tied second with Scheffler, Matt Fitzpatrick. Yep. Very selective. Yeah, and you know, if what we've seen in recent times holds true, then you know the, the winner is the very likely there. in that list. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then you're saying it. needed a top two finish in their last three, did you well, say? Yeah, I, I, you know, that, that's a very re- well five year trend. I mean, if you go back to the start of 2010, um, a top three finish in one of their last seven. I, it just feels like you need to have had that uh, contending or semi-contending kind of performance over the recent past uh, to, to give yourself the almost the confidence and belief that you can go forward and contend and compete at a major championship and, and the Open Championship in particular. Uh, and yeah, it certainly seems to have rung true over the last few years. Um, yeah, the trends are always there to be to, to be broken, and you know sometimes we, as punters, we can get hung up on trying to follow them to the nth degree. So, what I tend to do personally is if if there's someone who obviously fits and ticks every single box, and there's no reason for you to try and oppose them, then then you just kind of bow down to that. But outside of that, if you're trying to find a little bit of value, then those players who kind of tick almost all the boxes and just fail on one or two of the elements, they're the ones that potentially are going to be the ones that add you a little bit of value further down the line. If golf betting was mathematical and, you know, know, could be derived by statistics alone, it would be a very, very easy game. Yeah, we'd all be winning every week. So what do you guys look at? It kind of makes it easier. You you said this off mic, Barry. It kind of makes it easier, but it kind of makes it more difficult because you've got all these guys, Fitzpatrick, Scheffler, Zalatoris. I mean, you could back them all, couldn't you? Mm. (laughs) They're all playing bloody good golf. It's hard hard to pick one or two attributes to use to put a black mark or black line through some names, Um, which I guess Mm. is what makes the course brilliant. Um, 
because it can you know truly everybody in this field can in theory right now compete for this uh this trophy it, but it, and then the thing is it's been scrambling my head um and i've been trying the, the one thing i've been trying the hardest um to avoid is just overthinking things trying to find that funky angle where it probably just doesn't exist um so i've been looking quite quite simple things driving accuracy um greens and regulation and three-point avoidance are the, the ones i've really focused on this week and what, what what's what's that brought to the party then tell us um it's brought me some long shots so far and mm. i'm trying to f- figure out where i land on one or two shorties well, I tell you what, let's do this differently than we usually do. Let's actually go through the longer shots first. I've got four, which are in my long shots piece, but I'll let you go first, Baron. Um, okay, the first one that I landed on was based on the conditions being firm and fast, uh, no requirement for massive length off the tee, uh, previous uh, good performance in an Open Championship on firm and fast course, which was second in 2018, and to grab that angle of price versus official world golf ranking, uh, it just it's the no-brainer bet of the week for me. It's Kevin Kisner. Mm. So I grabbed him on the exchange last week at high 200s, and he is available at 250 to 1 for the world number yeah. world number 25. Driving at... I took, <laughs> I drive- took 250 to 1 yesterday with bet 365, eight places. I just couldn't believe the price. He is 19th in driving accuracy on tour. Uh, he falls down on three-putt avoidance. Um, and he's 84th in greens. Uh, the one, the one I kind of jumped from greens and reg to greens and greens or fringe in regulation um, because of the uh, massive size of these greens. Yep. They are huge. So, I mean, look, he, he, he doesn't fit in all the statistical boxes, but enough of them there for me to just, no way am I, um, no way am I avoiding that bet. Oh, yeah, at, at that price. Second at, um, which, did you say it was, it was second behind uh, Molinari, wasn't it? A few he was, back, yeah. So. Yeah, it's, um, there's enough to like there for a 250 to one shot. I'll, I'll grant you that. And then you picked up some fancy prices on the exchange, didn't you? As you said, but uh, yeah, the, the 250 with uh, 250 was, to one with eight places seems very. He was sixth last time out at the Travellers. Mm. Putted lights out. I think he was top six strokes game putting. But yeah, he just played like Kevin Kisner does. Not long off the tee, hit plenty of fairways, hit plenty of greens, and the, the and his scrambling was superb. Fourth for scrambling that week at the Travellers. Yeah, this isn't a long golf course. Seven thousand three hundred yards, medium. It's going to be playing firm and fast. I think it's right in Kisner's wheelhouse. And we've always said, I'm repeating myself. If there's a major that Kisner could win, it would be the Open because put him on a 7,700-yard Parkland golf course in America and he's got no chance. Mm. And he admits it, Ridley. So, yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm on with you on, on Kevin Kisner. I'm just trying to look at what prices are out there if you want to take the additional... I mean, I took the... I look, I, as Paul said, that... that Top eight and um, two hundred and fifty market leading with with bet three six five was something I couldn't really. I mean, mm. Sky Bet of one hundred and twenty five to one as our boils, and then you're getting double the price on bet three six five with still eight places. I think that's a that, that's a that's a nice spot to be in. So that's Kevin Kisner. What other longer prices have you got, Baron? Uh, for Patriot bet with Seamus Power. So, you know, well, we don't... We, we, we're we, all on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't need to talk about, like, he's an Irishman, so like, Lynx, Lynx Golf is in the blood. Um, he's 54th on tour for driving accuracy. He's tied 74th in three-put avoidance. And he's 13th in greens or fringe in regulation, which was... Um, a nice one for me to see as well. So lovely. Just, just, just to 
back you up a little bit on Seamus, Barry. I, mm-hmm. For me, please. And, and, you know, as you Steve said, we're all on Seamus, and I think quite rightly as well. And there's hundreds of one being dangled out there with some extra places at the moment as well. And mm-hmm. um, for a brief period yesterday, Betfair went up with twelve places each way, a hundred to one, which just had to be snapped up, didn't it? I grabbed um, that. Snap. Yeah, snap. It's, yeah. It's um, <laughs> if you look, I mean, if you go back. Just over 12 months ago, he was, what, 400th in the world, 450th, something like that, all the way up to 36th now. Um, he's got that win under his belt, lots of decent top 10s as well. But it's the it's the kind of elite level tournaments that have really caught my eye because I think you backed him at the world match play, didn't you, um, with the, mm. the top eight. So you, you got an each-way payout there in three figures when he made it through to the quarterfinals, which was a, which is a really good finish for him on debut there at the WGC match play. 27th on Masters debut, 9th on USPGA debut, 12th US Open debut. Those last two events, the PGA and the US Open, he was on the wrong side of the draw both times and finished 9th and 12th. And yeah. this this guy seems to be someone who's readily able to, to lift his game at the biggest events. And if you're getting extended places about a player um, at three figures or thereabouts um, who's demonstrably capable of performing at these um, events going back to a Lynx course this is an Irishman you know if you go back through his um, formative years of golf he'd have been playing Lynx all the time as a youngster and uh, yeah he came back to the Irish Open 30th there actually that was a personal best on the Irish Open um, that was probably more just to see friends and family and to kind of get himself acclimatised I'd have thought but three rounds of 68 during the course of that event and um yeah, comes here ready and raring to go. He did have a little spin out of the JP Manus, Steve, didn't he? I noticed you you mentioned that. Was he top fifteen or thereabouts? Fifteen, yeah. So it just I think it was weird. It was weird at the Irish Open. He started going backwards when it started to rain on the Saturday. Mm. But up until that point, he was right in content in contention. Yep. And we said all along that Irish Open very very difficult for actually Irish top class to win it. I know Larry's won it as an amateur. Pad Padraig's won it, but it's not. It's not an easy tournament for Irish to actually take their own open. So yeah. he, he performed okay. He was okay at the um, JP. Yeah. 100 to 1, 12 places. It was just plain wrong, wasn't it? So snap, yeah. have that. And there's another one there. 100 to 1, 12 places, and he's 37th in the OWGR. Mm. There, there's a mismatch. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a... I don't know. You can still get him at 80 to 1. With Betfair Sportsbook, twelve places. That, that's a miss. He's a hundred to one. Best price out there, hundred to one with eight places with Bet three six five. Yeah, it's just a mismatch, isn't it? It's a Kevin Kisner. Yep. At the end of the day, there's so you know, it's so open at the top. They've got to push down great players, yeah. And I'd put him in that category. He's you know, decent player, isn't he? I, I I generally thought. I mean, I didn't know as much about him as you do, Barry. You followed him for a long time. He came across because he came from the Corn Ferry, and you know he'd get tenths and ninths, and it took him for a long time to build up his PJ Tour status. I I just didn't think he was the kind of player that could play at majors, but he's proven that wrong. So more than happy to get on board. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like guys that you know struggle to get off the KFT, which is a different style of golf. It's just like a barrage of birdies. Um, it seems on a week in week out basis, but you know guys that can get through that like slip through that net they get into the next stage and then you're given a you know different set of questions to answer at majors and you you happen to have the skill sets that really match up well to that and so far it looks like Seamus really has that uh, in abundance so he's two two top 12s out of his three major appearances um you'd have cast your you know if you got the extended places you'd have uh, each way pay out both times yep he was he was one under at the PGA and he was uh, one over at the US Open to get those top nine and top 12 finishes. This just feels far more shameless parry because we're talking about mid-teens to be getting in the picture for an each-way payout. That feels parish because he's such a good scorer. Yep. So, yeah, I think it's right up his alley. I really do. So we're both on power. We're all on power. And there's a lot of support here for Kisner. You got any others at triple digits, or you, you go next? I feel like I got uh, well. Okay. 
There's, def- there's definitely a pattern. The last three opens, yeah. we, we have seen the last three opens, um, triple-digit guys um, come in and place each way in terms of... Um, um, so their previous major, they're in the top 12, 14. They then, they then take a full each-way place at the open. Xander did it when he finished second. Uh, last time around, we saw Mackenzie Hughes do it. Mackenzie Hughes was three hundred and fifty to one. Uh, we also had Danny Willett do it. He was twelfth at the U.S. Open. He then got a top ten finish, uh, twenty nineteen when Lowry won one hundred and twenty five to one. So I was quite simple about this. I just went through the last U.S. Open: Bradley seventh, Woodland tenth, Power twelfth. We then had Leishman, Migliozzi, Munoz, Scott and Tringali, top 14. So I just thought, I'm definitely putting uh, Kisner in. What other ones from there will I take? So I've taken Power. I've taken Gary Woodland, who was 10th at the US Open. I think he was 6th for tee to green that week. He's a Pebble Beach US Open winner. I just took 125 to 1, bet 3658 places each way on Woodland. Uh, he also showed quite nicely last week, didn't he? 64 in round one. Was then yep. second going into the weekend, yes. ninth into Sunday, fell away. Whether that was design, just didn't want to. Oh, that, who knows? But he's, he's in good touch, Gary Woodland, and he putted. If, how many times have we said this? If you actually, his tee to green game at the US Open at Brookline was top, top. Top level, top six. He then putted, I believe, top five last week at the Scottish Open on fescue mixed greens that are very similar to these. We can get if we can get Gary putting well and playing just as well, and it does feel that way, doesn't it? Club down golf with his power, he can hit it straight. He's got the low, he's got the low, low attack. Feel. I've always thought with Woodland, he's got a bit of. There's a bit of open something in there you can tap into at an open. I think he was sick that Troon, going quite deep into the tournament when Stenson and Mickelson were having their um, duel, yeah, their duel, and he's had a twelfth at. Um, he's definitely had a twelfth at an open. So yeah, I'm on Woodland at 125 to one. The twelfth was that year, 2016, and Troon. Yeah. Which is, is I think also the year the year after that it might have been Birkdale. I think he was in the top four going into the weekend and fell away completely. There's mm. something there. The other one I took. Um, I'm I'm quite big on trying to get players that need something imminently, and I, st- I I genuinely believe that Mark Leishman could do with a good result. And uh, we we know with Leishman, he's got a decent heritage in majors. He's got a decent heritage at Augusta National, and there's such so many links to this. Um, he's had a bad season, but he, even when you say he's had a bad season, thirtieth at the Masters, thirty fourth at the PGA, fourteenth last time out at the U.S. Open. If he can actually hit some fairways this week. And you know they're pretty damn wide here. Yeah, Leishman's Leishman's approach game and putting whatever's yeah that's not in question really. Yeah. So I took Leishman as well, hundred and ten to one. I took with bet three six five on the eight places. I believe I'm just scanning. I think there's still hundred and twenty five to one about Leishman with Unibet. Yeah, seven places. He's as short as 66s with Paddy Power and Betfair paying the 12. So my long shots were uh, Power, Leishman, Woodland, Kisner. And I wouldn't put anyone off a, a Munoz. Um, potentially even Keegan Bradley, but I, I couldn't quite get there. Mm. I couldn't quite get there with Keegs. No, well, how much got... of that? How much of that performance of Brookline was the fact that he was playing in New England and everyone? He was like, he was being treated like Tiger Woods that week, getting standing ovations every time he walked up the middle of the fairway on every hole. Yeah. 
But yeah, there, there's something in that. I think one of those guys is going to place at triple digits. One of those guys that got in the top 14 in the US Open is just choosing the right ones. And one, well, of, certain... win, one of the wins would be nice. Yeah, well, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I'll, I'll be, as, as you mentioned earlier, looking at some first round leader punts, but I wouldn't be surprised to see either of those names, Bradley and uh, Munoz, um, playing well in the first round. Obviously, got to take into consideration what the draw looks like and um, if, if they get onto a, a more favourable side of the draw. Yeah, um, it, it looks calmer in the afternoon. It has done all the way through the last sort of six to five, five to six days. So I think maybe afternoon starters for um, yeah, first round leader. We'll need to take a, a late view of it tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning, and um, and see what that looks like in conjunction with the tea times, which should be out by then. It should be out um, later this afternoon here in the UK. So. Um, but yes, they're, they're the kind of names where you can see them stringing a really strong round together at some point. And if that's in the first round, then potentially that's the way to play those guys. Because yeah, seeing them hanging about to the bitter end of the tournament, yeah, it feels a bit more of a stretch, doesn't it? Does for me anyway. Okay, let's move up the board then. Players we think have got a real, real good chance of winning this week. We just we just talked about Kisner. Come on, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't need to go any further than that. I mean, if we go back to the um, go back to the preview pod, I picked out six players that ticked every box. So I'll just remind listeners um, of those six players. Or if you didn't listen to the preview pod, um, just to let you know who they were. The six that ticked every single box were Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Xander Schauffele, Jordan Spieth. Hideki Matsuyama. Um, no real surprises in there. You know, there's six names towards the top of the betting that you, um, you could build a very strong case for. But I I don't know. I of, of those six, I think you can pick a hold or two in most of them. I mean, Scheffler, early season, he was incredible, wasn't he? He was absolutely unstoppable, Masters champion. He was winning you know, virtually every other tournament that he was playing in and contending in in one since. It's not as if he's not been contending since. He's just kind of dropped off that very, very peak of his performance. And um, I think you're going to have to have it all together this week. You're going to have to you're going to have to be at your very best to win this tournament with um, with the stellar field and uh, you know at the home of golf, which is going to going to have its own challenges and uh, attractions, I guess. Um, so yeah, Scheffler I couldn't quite make a case for. Rory McIlroy um, has been playing some strong golf in patches without kind of keeping it, particularly in the majors, without kind of keeping it together for all four rounds. And that does concern me a little bit. He's talked, he's talking up his game and I can understand that. He's seen, it seems to think that he's in potentially the best shape that he has been to, to get another Open Championship under his belt. And you know he should be the best judge of that, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, whether he whether he throws in that one round that just takes him out of the tournament or just prevents him from actually being in a position to win, uh, we shall see. John Rahm, um, I don't know how much you the Scottish Open you guys caught, but there was some kind of angry mm-hmm. John elements in there once again, which um, I think you're going to need to be quite serene, aren't you, to to, to win an Open. Things aren't going to go your way. There's going to be bad bounces. You're going to you're going to get yourself into a bunker that leaves you an impossible shot. And if you're just throwing all your toys out of the pram at that point, I don't think that's any good for your for your prospects, really. Um, yeah, I struggle with John Spieth. Some real brilliance again last week. I I came if there was going to be a couple of players at the top, um, I was in the back. I came close to Spieth, but then there's just that. You know, he makes a fantastic birdie or eagle, and then just throws in a silly mistake to follow it up. And I don't, don't think you can do that at the Open. And Matsuyama, um, I don't think we ever quite know where he is with his injuries. Um, he could be, he could be fighting fit, and he could really contend this week. And um, just a bit of a risk at the price. So, um, and I know you guys um, managed to snare some really strong anti-post prices on Xander Schauffele, but. Um, I couldn't. I, I I had to back him this week. I had to back him. I, I when I put him up yesterday in my preview, fourteen to one, 
and um, that was the best price that was out there there's been a little bit of lengthening since there's a couple of places gone to 16 to 1 but i've personally just gone win only 14 to 1 xander chauffle at the top of the market um and yeah you, you, i know you guys have got a view on xander as well but um, he's difficult to oppose isn't he how can you i this it, it, it sounds like a broken record but back to carnoustie 2018 performed there um, and that week when I backed Francesco, I'm just getting like flashbacks to it. I remember saying in the preview pod, I have to back Molinari because if he wins, I can see us recording next week and saying, well, of course he won. He was playing the best out of anybody in the world at the yeah. time. And at the time he was. And right now, like, tell me who's playing better than Xander. There's no, is that, it, what, he won the Travellers. Won the JP McManus Pro Am, won the Scottish Open last week. Yeah, it, well, it wasn't without any drama to, to win the Scottish, but it got there in the end. Mm. Um, he's, at the, he's at the very top of his game. Yeah, you know, we've, we've all talked about um, Xander over the last few years and his um, you know, seemingly in a, seeming inability to convert a, a regular tournaments. Um, now he's got two in the space of the last few weeks. Um, you know, a bona fide PGA Tour event at the Travellers. Um, a very well attended co-sanctioned event last week at the Scottish Open. Perfect warm-up. I, I know a lot of people in the past have talked about the Scottish Open and it, uh, particularly Renaissance about it not being a particularly good warm-up for the for the Open, but um, that was far more far more in in line and aligned with uh, what, uh, what an Open Championship warm-up should be last week. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. You, you get a bit sniffy about his price, I guess. So sixteen to one. Let's let's call it that. He tends to be in that kind of 18, 20, 22 to 1 price point anyway. Yeah, I've backed him at Masters in the past at that price point, and he was yeah. nowhere near coming in off three straight wins. So I don't <laughs> think the price is a bad price, overly 16 to 1. Yeah. You wouldn't mind that as a as a winner come the end of the week next uh, next Sunday, would you? No, no, I don't think so. Um, we've seen Lefty do this Scottish Open Open Championship double, so it's not unreasonable to assume that it can be done again or will be done again. Um, ticks that box in terms of previous um, previous major, 14th for the US Open, as you read through just a few moments ago, Steve. Second at Carnoustie yeah. back in 2018. Um, we talked about um, Augusta and how that links into St Andrews as well. And uh, we, we know that Xander's got, Xander's got a fantastic record in all the majors without actually winning one. Um, but he's got a couple of top three finishes at Augusta as well, which um, does tend to be a common theme of winners here at St Andrews. So, yeah, the, the, every, every angle I looked at, every conceivable um, argument or counter-argument pointed in the same direction. So, why resist? Xander Schofley has got to go in at the top, I think. No question. We're um, all on Xander. Yeah. Barry and I were fortunate enough to pick up the 33 to 1 last Friday, boosted by Bet365. Thank you, Bet365. That was very kind of you. It, it, was, <laughs> it was funny watching those boosts over the weekend because um, there was a lot of social media interest in there. So 33s, and the, ne- the next boost was 28s, then the next boost was 25s and 22s. And, you know, Xander's been boosted to 20s. You know, so just. Uh, the, the liabilities must have grown massively over the weekend on all the books because it was just an absolute sea of blue. But quite rightly too, I think. There's, uh, I think he has got a very strong chance of uh, securing his first major this week. Um, I've got a couple of mid prices. I'll just rattle through them and then we can see if you guys have got any others. Um, Louis Oosthuizen, I've backed at twelve, uh, forty to one with twelve places. Um, you can get uh, fifty to one with eight places with three six five. But uh, I took the extra places on Louis. Um, he won here in twenty ten by seven strokes. Uh, he was part of that uh, playoff as well, wasn't he, with Zach Johnson and uh, Mark Leishman back in 2015. So two attempts in major championships at St Andrews, first and playoff defeat. Uh, all over the majors last year as well, wasn't he, Louis? Second at the US PGA, second at the US Open, third at the Open Championship. Not anywhere near as impressive this year, and that's why we're getting a, a, a price that's about twice as long as it was for those back-end majors last year. Um, but if you look into some of his recent form, it's not all that bad. Tenth at Centurion at that first live event, eighth at the BMW International Open uh, on the DP World Tour, fifth at the Live Portland event last time out. Saw a little bit of him in that Champions event yesterday as well, and uh, he looked really good, making parts, driving well, big smile on his face. 
Um, lots of money in his back pocket, of course, with the live money, but uh, that's enough to put enough to put a smile on many people's faces, I guess. I think he's got a good chance this week, Louis, of making the frame. Let's hope he can stay fit and healthy, because that is always <laughs> the consideration with Louis Oosthuizen. Um, and the other one I've backed is a uh, perennial major favourite each way punt, and that's Tony Finnell, fifty to one. Um, I backed him at 50 to 1 with 10 places. There's still 50 to 1 out there. I think you're taking eight places now to get the 50s, but plenty of options for punters this week. 45s with extended places out there, 40s with, with you know 10, 12 places in some places as well. So do shop about 10 major top 10s for Tony Finnell from 25 starts. That puts into context how frequently he makes those or makes the frame at a major championship. And for me, he's always worth a look at an each-way price, particularly the price here. I mean, we've we've seen him before, haven't we? 28s, 30s, 33s at majors. And it kind of makes you question, really, whether he's an each-way punt. But at 40, 50 to 1, I think um, uh, there's plenty worse bets out there. Uh, T to green. Strokes gain T to green is where, if you look back... Um, we've got some stats, and again, the stats on the site for um, the Dunhill links over the last couple of years. There's some very limited strokes gain data. But both of those wins for Victor Perez and Danny Willett saw them both playing particularly well from strokes gain tee to green uh, perspective. Tony Finnell, ninth on tour for the season to date, strokes gain tee to green. So that ties in nicely. Um, talking of the Dunhill links, he's played there twice, two top 10 finishes as well, as well from his two starts. So he's got some experience of St Andrews as part of that rotor. Played five open championships, two of them he's finished in the top 10. Never finished outside the top 30 in a made, uh, an open championship. And his incoming form's good. Fourth at Colonial, second at uh, the Canadian Open, 13th last time out at the Travellers. Putted really well at the Canadian Open as well, which is um, always a mark in the uh, notebook against Tony Finnell. Um, if he's started to play some uh, good golf with his, or, or started to putt well to, com- to combine with his uh, normally tidy long game, then uh, then he's always worth a look. And not much water around here, Steve. I know any, anywhere where you see Tony <laughs> Finnell and a, a bit of water on the course, it's a big cross next to his no, name, he's, he, he's, he's pretty much dry here isn't he I think he could drive, he'd probably drive it in the first you know <laughs> he'll put it in that yeah, burn that before the yeah. first green a couple of times and that's yeah. probably just it would be okay the, the, the only patch of water on the on the course and he'll manage to find it but uh, yeah I, I thought Finn Howard said a 50s was worth worth a punt so so yeah at the top of the market Xander Louis and Tony Finnell for me any, uh, any sub Three-figure plays for you, Barry? Um, then, yeah, kind of mid-range play I got was um, Max Homa. Can't, <clears throat> I can't get away from Max. Um, I just keep, the, like, like I said about the, on the US Open, I think he's just adding pieces to the puzzle every time, figuring it out, level up, level up, level up. Um, and... like. Plucked him on the exchange at 120s, and I just need to find the right combination of price and places for an each way. Uh, so, like he's 60 to one with eight places on bet 365. So I'll have to just figure that out over the next. I, I'll probably take that because he's as short as 33s for with 12 places on Paddy Power and Betfair, which uh, which shows me the bookies are figure have figured him out. <laughs> He was another one. There were a few that uh, showed their hand a bit at the Scottish Open and their price just turned into yeah. a sea of blue and Max Homer was one of those guys. So, yeah, his, his price has taken a bit of a battering. He's, you know, he's, that, that exchange price is beautiful that you got there. That was lovely, yeah. He's down to 70 on the exchange now. So he's 50 to 1 of Boyle Sports 11 places, probably the most attractive one I could see there on the board of, mm-hmm. of, a, com- of a combo. Um, so, yeah, I might just... I think I'll just grab that little bit on Max. That's kind of that's kind of the way I've been betting recently. Just try maximize the wins by grabbing some some on the exchange on the win only, and then um, in each way. So just kind of blend my stakes across that. Yep. Unless it's yep. Kisner, unless it's Kisner, in which case I've gone for gone for broke. Be going on, <laughs> be going on a very extravagant trip to St Andrews to play there if, uh, if Kisner does this. You never know. You never know. There's a, there's a guy in this field that's finished sixth at the Masters, second at the PGA, second at the US Open, and he's 30 to 1. 
Will Zalatoris. Why is he 30 to 1? With bet 360. Anyway, I'll take it. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking Will. Um, wide fairways, he'll be able to club down. Not the straightest off the tee, so that actually does him a favour. Approach play is fantastic, isn't he? I noticed he was quite good on the three-putt avoidance as well. Um, <laughs> also, you look at our variable that we keep uh, around firm golf courses for uh, the predictor model. He's already sitting in the top 12, and he's only been playing on the two or two of five years. That's a five-year cyclical number. Yeah. Just loves firm golf courses, tougher, classical kind of major championship types types of test. So 30 to 1, bet 365, 22 to 1 in the main with all the extended um, books out there. I'll take Will. Yeah, I, I guess because there was no spark last week, that's his price hasn't... Well, there was no so, spark with Colin Morikawa last week, was it? Last year, was there? No, he no, won at 40 to 1. No, so. no, and that, that's why his price hasn't shifted, really. It's only the guys that, uh, that really mm. showed something last week, but... Well, it's odd with Zalatoris that he's, you know, we, we know he's good from sea to green. He hits a lot of greens in regulation, which is uh, which is kind of his trademark. But his putting just goes off the charts when he hits a major championship for, for yep. whatever reason. And um, if he takes to the greens here at, uh, at St Andrews, then again, it wouldn't be a surprise to see him in the mix. Mm. I'm also... There's two I haven't decided yet. I mean, JT at 22s, that sounds ridiculous to me. Um, ridiculously good. And Patrick Cantlay's the other one. He's been absolute poo in majors, really. But his recent form is very, very strong. And I just think that look, Patrick and Xander at the moment are just dragging each other along. They won that team event at New Orleans. And since then, both of them have just been playing some outstanding goal. You look at Cantlay, third at the Memorial, 14th at the US Open. He was 13th at the Travellers, but was second going into Sunday and then just had a you know yeah, a, a brain... It was an odd final day, wasn't it? It was an odd final day. And then last week, 20th half going into the weekend, 17th, shot a 67 on Sunday to finish fourth. So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to back Cantlay as well because he also fits in that top 14, uh, 14th at the US Open in his last major. Mm. 28 to 1 with William Hill, nine places each way. I think I might have to just take that. The other thing with Cantlay, you look at his record, winner at Pebble Beach, um, does seem to play coastal courses well when they played them over in the United States. So, yeah, I think I've been sucked into... Well, we know we're into Xander. I'm, I've taken Will and I think I'll take Cantlay. Just a player, yeah. especially when you look at those winning prices, an informed player that's just kind of off the back of the leading pack price-wise. Cantlay and Zalatoris kind of fits that, 28 to 1 and 30 to 1. I think that's me at that yeah. stage. There, no, there's, there's plenty of players you can make a case for, which uh, goes back to Barry said right at the start. It's just a very, very open, open championship. Very, very open, open, and open, open. I'm so- I remember the first major of this year. We had twelve. Was it twelve or fourteen players sub twenty-two to one? Mm. Mm. And now this year we've got this open one, two, three, four, five, six. So there's only five players sub twenty-two to one: Scheffler, Fitzpatrick, Spieth, Ram, Xander. Mm. So what does that say? That the bookies were getting greedy, or they hadn't a clue? Does it say? You know, you got JT at twenty-two to one. Yeah, and again, that's last week. You know, I, I was on him last week. He was on the wrong side of the draw. The, the guys that went out in the afternoon on Thursday, it was around about three and a half shots difference in the morning. So, you know, if you've gone out and you've played in the worst of the weather, you played yourself out of the golf tournament, it's just effectively down tools at that point and accept you've got a weekend off and well, treat it as a positive and you've got an extra weekend to, to focus your game for St Andrews. 
in, in a way that, that the price you're getting then doesn't factor that potential scenario in really. Miscut mm. kind of suggests that he's he was playing poorly, but that's not necessarily the the fact of the matter. I don't think you get. I mean, it's it's not a negative, but I don't think you get many Open Championship winners that have done anything the week before at the Scottish Open, apart from Phil Mickelson. It's just a tune-up, isn't it, for most of them? Yeah, a lot of them is. I mean, in, the, in, in Molinari, Lowry and Morikawa, the last three winners, I mean, Molinari didn't even play the Scottish Open, Lowry didn't, and Morikawa finished 71st. So it's meaningless, really, in my mind. But yes, I'm, I'm, I'm fishing in that kind of 28-30s kind of market this week. And, of course, I managed to thankfully get Xander at 33s with the boost, so it's all good. I think that might be just about us, yes, champs? Anything I've missed? No, all good. Best of luck with your bets, boys. You boys too. Best of luck. Uh, Best of luck to the listeners. If you are new to the Golf Betting System podcast, we will be back next week for the 3M Open on the PGA Tour. Have you got the... Is it the Kasu Classic, Paul? It's, yeah, Hillside. So, um, yeah, off to... Southport. Yeah, so where they played the British Masters a few few years ago. So that's yep. a good one. Tommy's one, yeah. Mm, that's so, um, yeah. So come back, uh, follow us. We will be here until the end of November because uh, we're here from January through to November pretty much every week. Uh, that's uh, the Golf Betting System podcast. Right, I hope all of your bets go well. Enjoy the Open and we will see you next week. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf but everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Podcast